Good morning and welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Israel and it is an honor to encourage you on this Monday morning. Happy Pentecost, by the way. Yesterday at church, we celebrated the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost is sometimes commemorated just as the Holy Spirit given to the church. But we sometimes forget that it's actually the global church's birthday. And gathering of believers, 120 in that upper room, on the same day turned to 3,000, and here we are. 2,000 years later, we are over 2.5 billion people still celebrating part of that party that we call a Holy Spirit party, the birth of the church. And from glory to glory, the church keeps increasing as the Spirit is walking through all of us. We are starting a new devotion series today that is following on with the last one we unpacked over the last two weeks. The last devotion series was called, Have You Received the Holy Spirit? And it's based on a passage in Acts chapter 19. As where Paul encounters a group of believers who hadn't received the baptism of the Spirit yet, and he asked them, have you received the Spirit? Pray for them, they received the baptism. We looked in week one of what is the vision of the church is to partner with the Spirit leading up to Ascension Sunday. And last week we unpacked the baptism of the Spirit leading up to Pentecost Sunday when the Spirit actually came to the church. But now in light of the Spirit being given to the church on Pentecost, now we are sent out by the power of the Holy Spirit out into the world to go and be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So over the next three weeks, we are going to be unpacking what it looks like to be sent by the Holy Spirit. In week one, we are going to look at a passage primarily from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, to see what exactly was the promise of the Spirit given to the church and what does the Spirit do. In the week after that, we are going to be looking at John chapter 16 on what the Spirit does through in, in the church out into the world. And then we're going to continue that on into the third week. But today, we are going to read a passage from Ezekiel chapter 37. The Holy Spirit is incredibly important to the church. I'm sure we sometimes verbally say that, but we don't often understand how important even Jesus thought for us to have the Holy Spirit. If I were to ask you this morning, would you prefer Jesus to be with us in the flesh or to have this current experience of the church where we have the baptism of the Spirit? I would say there's a 99% chance that you would tell me that you would prefer Jesus to come back to us right now in the flesh. And I don't blame you. We want to be back with our Lord. Since the beginning of the church, we've proclaimed Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. We want our Lord to return to us. But there's an interesting statement that Jesus makes that I want to read for you this morning from John chapter 16, which we're going to unpack in two weeks from now. But John chapter 16, verse 4, Jesus says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the Helper, that is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's a big statement. Jesus said it is to our advantage that he leaves us physically. Because if he leaves us physically, he can fill the entire creation 
with his presence. We can see that in Ephesians chapter 4. We can fill all of creation with his presence. I don't think the church always reflects that reality. I think we sometimes want Jesus in the flesh back because we forget the importance of having the spirit to the church. But there's something the church needs to do until Jesus returns. And that's something we need to do can only be done by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That something we need to do is the Great Commission, which we commemorate on Ascension Sunday, two, two weeks ago, when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus gives the commission to the church to go into all the world, to disciple nations, to heal the sick. We understand that commission in context of Jesus in the 72 hour where it says, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom has come near you. We express the kingdom of God out onto the earth by performing the miraculous by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we see in Acts chapter 1, Jesus giving the disciples a great commission, and then he says, but... Stay and wait in Jerusalem until you've received power of one high. So the church knows exactly what it needs to do. It's the vision and the mission statement given, the Great Commission. But it says, don't pursue the Great Commission until the Spirit has empowered you to do it. You need the Spirit to empower the Great Commission to you. And how often do we attempt to pursue the things God's called us to, pursue the vision God has given us for our lives, without remembering that we need the empowerment of the Spirit to come alongside us. And so Jesus talks about the Helper. In another passage, he talks about the promise of the Father. And that comes from this passage in Ezekiel chapter 37. The word for Holy Spirit in the Hebrew Bible is the word Ruach. Now the Afrikaans people will have a good time verbalizing that Ruach. In the New Testament, it is the word Pneuma. And the word both Ruach and Pneuma means spirit, but it also means wind, and it also means breath. It is an immaterial thing. It was the word for wind, and it was the word for spirit, and it was the word for wind or breath coming in. And the thing with this imagery says it tells us a little bit of how the Holy Spirit moves. You see, the Spirit as wind shows us how he works. Wind can be incredibly gentle and calming, but wind at the same time can be incredibly fierce. But we need the wind of the Holy Spirit to come inside of our hearts so that as the Spirit moves through the heart of the church, the church can better communicate the will of the Father. There's a second century passage called the Odes of Solomon that speaks about this. It says, as the wind passes through the lyre and the string speaks, in the same way through my inward being sounds the Spirit of the Lord and I speak his love. It's as the Spirit is moving through the strings of the heart of the church that we get to proclaim the love of the Father to the world. And likewise, wherever the church has perhaps failed at expressing the love of the Father to the world in an appropriate manner, it's most likely where the church has also failed to allow the Spirit to blow through the strings of the church's heart. Wind also is an incredible thing, because wind, bottled, isn't wind anymore. You can't bottle wind and distribute wind as you want it. And therefore, churches also need to be aware that we can't try to, with rational thinking or denominational structures or liturgy or service structures or service agendas, think that we can package the Holy Spirit in a good way and present it at the appropriate times. And we're going to open the bottle now and release it. Wind bottled isn't wind anymore. It's simply air. 
it loses what it means to be ruach or pneuma. And therefore, wind, it needs to move as it moves. And that's a sign, another way of how the spirit moves. Jesus says, look at the wind. You don't see where it's going or how it's moving. And likewise, that's the spirit. It's often a mysterious thing that needs to move and needs the freedom to move. Now, Ezekiel chapter 37 brings together these three images of breath, spirit, and wind. And I want us to read that from verses 1 to 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he sat me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he laid me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you will live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus is the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slains, that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet as an exceedingly great army. So the Lord tells Ezekiel to prophesy over the bones, and as he does, the bones come together, it forms something, the skeleton comes together, but it has no breath in them. Then he's told to prophesy to the wind, so breath and then wind, and he prays, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they may live. And then it says, and breath entered into them, and they lived and then they stood up as an exceedingly great army pentecost sits in between two time periods of the church it's the periods where the dead church the structure acts chapter one church gathered together they had a venue they had a form of structure they had a gathering but it wasn't a church until the spirit made it a church in acts chapter two where we needed the holy spirit the holy spirit has come but what now And likewise, all of us need the Holy Spirit and we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what we unpacked over the last two weeks. But we've received the Holy Spirit, what now? The what now, Ezekiel says, is that the church gets raised up as an exceedingly great army. That means the church gets sent out. The church gets mobilized by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, it says on the day of Pentecost, they were gathered together in one accord and there came a sound. And in Ezekiel here, it says, and behold, a sound, and behold, then a rattling, and then the bones came together. There was a sound, and then there was a rattling. But what is that sound of the Spirit moving in the people of God? In verse 11, it says, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are these dry bones, and we need the hope of the Holy Spirit to come and be breathed into the church. I've been in church expressions growing up where it feels like I was just stuck in a breathless, religious, Christian expression and felt like I was spiritually suffocating. And I'm sure many of you listening today can resonate with that thing where it feels like you're just suffocating under the weight of religion. The Spirit is that breath to the church and the church 
needs to start breathing. And so Ezekiel prays this prayer, Come, O breath. In Hebrew, if you were to translate the Hebrew directly to English, it's essentially praying, Come, O Spirit. The original prayer, Come, Holy Spirit. And like Ezekiel praying this prayer, Come, O breath, he prays it the same way we pray the word Maranatha. The word Maranatha means come, Lord Jesus. But it can also be translated as Jesus has come or our Lord has come. And likewise, the church nowadays, we still continue to pray, come Holy Spirit, knowing that the Spirit has already come. But there's a greater manifestation of the Spirit being sent out to the church. And we as the church needs this. Because as these images come of the breath of the Spirit coming into the church, we are sent out as an exceedingly great army. I want to encourage you to join us every week there over the next three weeks as we unpack what it means to be sent out by the Holy Spirit. Tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. again, we will see you then. Can we pray? And then I'll end up for this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence given to the church. Thank you for the vision and the mission, a great commission you've given us. Thank you for the enablement that's come upon us at Pentecost yesterday, that we can commemorate that. But I ask this morning that you send us out in the power of your Spirit to go into the world and to proclaim good news to the world, the world in need of hope, and help us to go into the world and become the channels for your breath to be entered into the world that desperately needs your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Have a blessed Monday.